CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of New Money with Spencer and Solo. I'm Solo Cisse, and today we're going to be talking to quite possibly the busiest man in America. We are going to be talking to the most recent bachelor, Matt James. And quite honestly, he has a lot in common, a little bit more than you might think with my co-host Spencer here. So again, thank you for joining us today, and we hope you enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? This is Spencer Dinwiddie. And I'm Solo Cisse. And this is New Money, brought to you by Coindesk. And we have a very special guest here today, the man, the myth, the legend himself. (laughs) Matt James, The Bachelor, AKA The Bachelor. And so I'm gonna start off, who is Matt James? That's a good question, man. Matt James is a risk taker. All my life, I feel like I've gotten to where I've gotten to by doing things that other people wouldn't do. And that's typically involved putting myself in situations that could make or break me, you know, moving to New York City without a job, moving across the country uh, into an industry that I had no idea uh, about. Exactly. Going on TV, (laughs) TV. putting my life out there. So uh, that's how I've seen the most personal growth. And I would boil all that into being a risk taker. So I, I consider myself and my ethos risk taking. Got you, got you. And that doesn't necessarily mean like I'm jumping off a building. I wouldn't if it was like, you know, I had a parachute or something fun to do, but like, <laughs> I would not. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not me. No right. problem, that's not me. Risk taker. Nah, I mean, I know they have some other questions that are more boring in, in, in my sense, but one passion that we do have that is in the risk taking realm, Bitcoin, obviously we're Absolutely. on CoinDesk. Yes, sir. So in that respect, tell me how you got into Bitcoin. So my Bitcoin store, I think everyone has like some sort of like, sure. so like uh, how'd you get into Bitcoin? Cause it's like, <laughs> I feel weird. Like, like if, if someone's not into crypto, then I, it's like, it's, it's like asking someone if they smoke. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, yo, <laughs> like, like bear with me, bear with me. It's like, it's like you're at a party and like, yo, you smoke? And like, nah, I don't smoke. Like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And then someone's like, yo, you smoke? It's like, yes. Oh, yeah, bad. Like, yeah, yeah, now, you know, now you got, you know, you're your sure. Exactly. Also, yeah. So I, I, I use that analogy with Bitcoin. It's like, yo, you into crypto? And they're like, nah, then like, there's really nothing to talk about because they're like, this guy's crazy, like whatever. But if, if someone's like, yeah, like I'm into crypto, it's like, oh, bet. So like, what are you invested in? Yeah. Yeah. And having those type of conversations in social settings has become a norm now. Yeah. So like you asked me how I got into crypto. I was, I was at a party with a bunch of my friends from college. Yeah. And um, one of these kids that I knew was into crypto just because yeah. like word of mouth, he had quit his job. He had yeah. gotten into crypto at the ground yeah. level. So I go oh, up to him. Yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yo, you, you into crypto? And he's like, 
<laughs> he just was like, yeah, yeah, I'm into crypto. You into crypto? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And then like, he was like, he thought yeah. I was like messing with him because like up, everyone up. jokes with him yeah. and no one takes it serious. Yeah. But we sat down and talked for like three hours and he talked yeah. about his account he had, how he traded, how he leveraged, bought XYZ and talked about altcoins. Like we went through the whole Jeez. gamut. Like what's I got up, a up. crash course that night. And like by the end of the night, I'm like, yo, we got to, I, I didn't have my ID at the time. And you need your ID to set to up, set up, the trading really set up your trading yeah, account. I'm like, yo, yeah. like, how do we do this? He's like, yo, calm down. Like, it'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. And then like, I'm texting him like, yo, Bitcoin just went up a thousand. Like I'm out. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I need to, uh, I'm, I'm out in a sense of like, I'm out of potential gains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, so I'm like, we all played the speculation. You know what I mean? So, so I'm like, and then like when I finally got set up on the account, Bitcoin was up $5,000. I'm like, bro, like yeah. I'm losing money. Like we need to get in there now. And, um, you know, as, as, as people who are invested, you know, that it's crazy. Cause it's like, everybody has those sort of aha moments, right? Like, cause like to your point, like even the first time that like, we all chatted crypto, it was one of those, like, oh my God, like he's one of us type right, of moments, right? right? Cause sure. like, you just feel like such an outsider. Like, I mean, he got laughed at. Nah, right? hey, trust me. I was in the league <laughs> yeah. getting laughed at since 2017. It was not fun. So yeah. like, you know, when you, when you find somebody, especially obviously like, you know, on on that same type of level, wavelength, all that stuff, and I'm like, you know, yeah, you in, you in the crypto, you in right, exactly. Bitcoin, altcoin, where you at? With right, exactly. You like, yeah, bro. I'm like, oh, it's, it's my crazy God. though because right. you you just talk about the random things, right? Like you talk about like life, right? Like went to go buy a car the other day, and I the fact that like I had to go to the bank and the bank was closed, and the bank's just closed, right? right. Like that's a problem, right? But at the same time, like I should be able to, you know, send you money as easy as a text message, right? And like people don't understand that because it's just like so incomprehensible, right? And like the way that we've lived our lives. So it's like whenever you find somebody that's on the same wave, then it's like, oh, like now we're talking, right? Right. Stuff like that. We have a slightly more condensed podcast, so I'm actually going to ask you a question too. You know, when we look at when we look at crypto, obviously we we've all gotten into that, but we also have kind of previous investing careers. I know yours is real estate. You were on Wall Street, with a lot of people probably don't know. Yeah. So could you guys compare those industries? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think from my side of things, you know, Wall Street and, and legacy markets and, and things like that is just so, you know, by the book, right? Like yeah. everything is by the book. So like when you even think about crypto, it's like, you know, people at investment banks obviously have resources to everything. Right. So like we've been known about the technology for a long period of time, but it wasn't until you brought it to me that it was something I really took as serious. Right. Yeah. And so like when you just think about these things and you have this by the book world, probably, you know, somewhat legacy real estate is like that, too, in a way. Which, by the way, there's so much impact that like crypto and blockchain technology can do to affect that world as well. So we'll probably get into that at some point. But it's one of those things where like you're looked at as that weird guy. Like yeah. in, a, in a sense, like you looked at it as crazy. You're like, oh, do you really believe that the banking system shouldn't exist as structured? Like <laughs> what? <laughs> right. Right. People are going to look at you some type of way. And so it's, it, it's quite crazy like that. And I think that's probably what kept me out of it personally longer than I needed to. But then it, I kept seeing it over and over again, like all these different reasons, right? Like. Why should digital, you know, collectibles not be a thing? Like, how can you make this easier? Yeah. Like, how can you verify these things a lot easier? And how can you have a trustless trust layer? And like, how can you, how can you have a society built around that? Right. right yeah. And so it's just, you know, from my perspective, it was eye opening to so many degrees. I think Sol brought up an interesting point. So like when, when you said that I didn't take it serious until Spencer brought it to you, I think that's a representation of where we're at for the next generation, because for the students that we work with, you know, I work with underprivileged youth in New York yeah. City. Yep. A lot of them hadn't heard about crypto until rappers are talking about it. For sure. Yeah. And the fact that that's the trickle down is what it is, but it's it's a step in the right direction that people in their communities are talking yeah. about things that they yeah. need to be invested in. And even more so on that point, you took it serious when Spencer brought it to you because you respect Spencer. And 
people of color who were talking about something and trying to be trailblazers in an industry yeah. that, you know, we're not yeah. going to get a lot of respect from. It's not until you have a Paul Tudor Jones, who's yeah, one of the biggest sure. hedge fund managers Ever. in the world, yeah, saying that you need to have a 5% allocation of your assets sure. in Bitcoin, or that's the position he's going to take. Yeah. And 5% of yeah, a billion billions. is a yeah. lot of money. Yeah. So it's like, like, are you like, like, why are you taking it serious when it's coming from him when Spencer's been talking about it since? Yeah, I mean, I think it's crazy because if you think about it, it's kind of like allegorical in a way because you just think about how like, you know, in a society, like we trust things like it's very hard yeah. for us to not trust, like not to be able to point to some entity or person and trust them. Right. Like yeah. that's just like a luxury that you have in the developed world. Right. But I can tell you right now, you go back to you know, West Africa, you go back to these other countries and some of these of the undeveloped world in some ways. And like, there's tons of applications for like this technology, right? Like, cause you don't, and like those people tend to be like Nigeria is like second largest trader of crypto, right? Like right. they're big yeah. in the crypto, right? right? And obviously you have those, you know, you're, you're Nigerian as well. And so right. like, I think from that perspective, you just see like, you know, how like it takes that time, right? right? Before people start to like really <laughs> engage into the technology and so like it's it's just crazy in that way because we just have grown in society where we trust things right and, and it's hard to not trust this yeah. identifiable thing because the blockchain's not that right like right. it's everybody okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and with that being said, I will take the moment to actually plug Coindesk, look directly in the camera, new money brought to you by Coindesk. And I would like to say, you know, thank you. This is not a, you know, rap by any means, but for us doing our part, I mean, just by being on here, like, think about it, the credibility that you bring, not Paul Tudor Jones, obviously, but you know what I'm saying, uh, literally on Wall Street, one of the youngest people doing it, a Wharton Business School grad. A lot of people don't, don't know that. I mean, a lot of times you're obviously co-hosting and all this other stuff on this podcast, but, but you are a rock star in your own right. And obviously, you as well have have an extreme brand follow. You're a risk taker. You know, people look up to you, follow you, and that um, beard. look you for guidance. Oh, an epic beard. Epic beard. <laughs> epic beard. You know what I mean? And, and we're all sitting here talking to the to the next generation, like you said, uh, about a technology that can be transformative. I did want to pause in the action just a little bit to say thank you. Now we can continue. Sorry. Yeah. But <laughs> but even to dive even deeper into that point, like there hasn't been platforms created by people of color for people of color. Yeah. And the fact that you're making that available to everybody yeah. through what you're doing, like, I don't even think we realize the magnitude of that. Oh, absolutely. The way that you're going to make the idea of. You're bringing the blockchain to pop culture. You're mainstream crypto. Yeah. And, and you're, yeah. you're doing things. You're buying tokens. You're exchanging, you're exchanging them for goods and services. You're doing things that 
you're do, you would be doing on on a Binance. You would be doing things you do yeah. on a coin desk, but you're doing it on a on an app yeah. that is exchanging for you know your favorite creator, athlete, entertainer services. And when you make that application in that form, I think that as you know, you have young adapters on the app, you have middle age, you have elderly people going there for these services that are provided. When they go on to the next phase of their experimentation yeah, to the space, yeah. it's going to yeah. be, oh, yeah, well, I, I, I've done natural. this before. It's, it's yeah. not like you're seeing something for the first time. You're, you're bringing it to them in a language they can understand. Right. Right? Like that's at the end of the day. I think that's kind of like the, the, the problem with crypto right now is it's like, you know, this bespoke thing that if you want to take the time to figure out makes a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. But like there's no easy way to go about doing that. And so like, you know, with like, you know, with Spencer and I's app and stuff like that, obviously, you know, and things like Dapper Labs and what they've been doing with Top Shot and stuff, you're taking things that people know. Like people love Matt James. They love Spencer. Yeah. Kind of like me. Not really. <laughs> right. But like they like things too and yeah. all this stuff, right? Like you find a way to like put that type of stuff on the blockchain. People are going to want to learn to find out. And that's yeah. how you kind of bring that stuff to pop culture. You bring it stuff to the entertainment industry and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of what it's going to take to go to that next level where you're like, you start to see that adoption, yeah. right? I know. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, that's, that's something that we've talked about a lot, like making Web3 feel very Web2. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Decreasing friction to adoption, decreasing friction in the education process, decreasing friction from, you know, our fans to our favorite creators, right? Like, it, it's all about removing. I mean, we are an intermediary, which is, you know what I'm saying, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but we're trying to remove intermediaries. And that's kind of what we see as the premise in, in crypto in general, especially Bitcoin. You know what I'm saying? The unbanked and giving them a store of value that, that has a potential for asymmetrical yield that, that they can't see in any probably non-VC investment. Yeah, and right. we know that all VC investments have uh, the right. accredited investor law. So, right, exactly. you know, and, and yep. I, I know you know this, but yep. this is this is something that, and, and obviously you as well, that I, I think is so asinine because, you know, I, I guess if there was like some test or something that you could study for, then maybe I could, I could, I could vibe with it, right? But right. they told me at 20 years old that I all of a sudden was an astute investor because I was really good at bouncing the ball. So yeah. I made a million dollars or however much it was I needed to make at the time. And so I could get into any VC deal in the world as a 20 year old, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. College dropout technically. Right. Thank but you, there are, there are, you know, geniuses that have, you know, gotten master's degrees and PhDs and all the other stuff that don't have the opportunity for asymmetrical yield and they're hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in, in college debt that are smarter than me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. would never have access to it. And, but because I can, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not stupid. He's a smart so. guy. I'm not stupid, guys. Trust not, me. Not, he's smart. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, it just, it just is what it is. Like, I also feel like I'm a, I'm a realist, too. There, there are people out there that obviously are more intelligent and, and won't have the access. But I, I was lucky to be 6'6", 220 pounds, and shoot a ball well. Yeah, it was like, what, 6'2", a couple of days ago? I was giving a little 6'2". Y'all play, y'all play. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, that's like, that's true. Like, I mean, I think even at that point, like, right, both of you guys have NFT drops. Like, Spencer actually just dropped his yesterday mm -hmm. um, with the sneaker you. collection passion project as well. Nice to see that, bring bringing that to the blockchain. You know, obviously, you as well in the space. So, like, talk to us about that process. Like, what do you think, you know, like, what do you think the NFT market's going to look like? In the future, obviously, you know, you as well, but like, how, how, how was that process and like, how did that come about? Uh, I think the thing that was most interesting to me about the NFT space was how you could digitally make a one of one copy. Yeah. And kind of what you all, actually everything that you all unlocked in your app is utility. Yeah. You know, the tokens that you buy give you real utility. There you go. Um, and and, and the, the future of an NFT I don't think is, is an art piece. I think it's a utility. Yeah. I think that 
you're going to have sports teams that are going to yeah, make their season huge, tickets NFTs. Sure. I think yeah. you're going to have Rolling Loud and other con yeah. uh, other Gaming concerts as well. You own make this their, NFT, their this game is, yeah. They're going to make their their concert pass an NFT and they're going to incentivize people to go into the secondary market of sales because yeah. in perpetuity, they're going to make money on it. Uh, so I think you're going to see a lot of that, like the utility of the NFT. So like if you're not comfortable investing in like a, I don't know, like a Micah Johnson, a coup piece, like yeah. then you can invest in the platform that supports the NFT yeah. like because I don't think it's going anywhere. And yeah. I think that they've, they've been around for a while. We're just now unlocking, yeah, you know, like we said, the utility. And as people find more utility for them, then you're going to see more things that you're going to see commercial brands making their advertising Signage, and yeah. NFTs. They're going to have like uh, everything can. Yeah. Yeah, the, the possibilities are endless. The, yeah. the cans, the, the sneakers, the cereal yeah. boxes, you could mint an NFT for yeah. practically anything. Yeah. And as they continue to unlock the ways to make it profitable, you're just yeah. going to see more and more of it. I mean, I think what's interesting too, is like everybody here is nobody's strangers to like securities laws or yep. like everybody's a finance person in some degree, right? You securitize your contract. Yep. Like you worked in real estate. Yep. Sure. You did some stuff in structured products. I was a securitization banker. Like, I mean, I guess it's too, it's like when you think about that utility aspect, like I think the, one of the only things that's kind of like a stopper is that you know, the SEC and like, sure. you know, like that clarity and like that utility argument makes it a lot easier yeah, right. for that market to exist. Right? right. Like when you think things are just pure, if there's no utility and you're buying things and trading them, like as we've seen, right, like it can oh, create that sort of, is this, are you buying this with the excitation of profit? Like, right. is that sure, actually yeah. something that's worth having? And so like right. to your point, like, you know, I think that's what's going to help it show up everywhere. And like you guys are saying, just to piggyback again, I mean, I think that's where, you know, when you dive into the educational process of it, like you start to separate Bitcoin from the other like altcoins, right? Yeah. Because this is where you start to get, okay, currency slash store of value, right? right? Versus like utility coin. Like it's designed to do specific things, exactly. but not necessarily buy you bread. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, can, you know, but, yeah. yeah, like, you know, in, yeah. in a roundabout way, but, yeah. it's, but it's definitely kind yeah. of, there's kind of this separation. And so as you dive in, and, and I know some people are complete maximalists in which they say like, you know, the rest of the technology and all the other coins are BS. Now as currencies, yeah, I'm rolling with you. But I think there's a utility and an education process that, that is fair in its own right. That's good for the broader crypto realm. And then you also have Bitcoin, though, that kind of stands alone. And it's like store of value, yeah. capability or, or standing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's another thing I want to kind of throw out there for the viewers. Just not investment advice. Sorry, not a financial <laughs> advisor. Not a disclaimer. Uh, disclaimer. Money brought you by right. You have received no financial advice. <laughs> yeah, you have received no financial advice on this podcast. Invest at your own risk. <laughs> well, I, I don't think people realize that Spencer just gave a master's class in crypto in about 30 seconds. Like everything that, um, that, that when this you man brought it about, to me, <laughs> like, everything you just talked about is, is the essence of, of crypto because I don't think people take enough time to really distinguish what it is that they're talking about when they're yeah. talking about an altcoin or Bitcoin, yeah. because yeah. they, like you said, their utility values are completely different. If you're looking for something that is going to be a, a hedge against inflation, is going to be something that is going to be a store of value in the yeah. long term, then you're not going to be so in the weeds about the short term about the exactly. volatility, volatility exactly. in Bitcoin. Yeah. Whereas if you're someone who is uh, trading meme coins, trading meme <laughs> coins, and you're looking for yeah. something that is uh, you know, gonna make you an overnight success story, you're going to have a lot of sleepless nights. And, uh, sure. that, that's the, the, that's the utility that you're looking for in that coin. Like yeah. you can easily exchange that for goods and services. And I think that the craziest thing that people don't realize is people who aren't adapters into the crypto, yeah. there's already a derived value. 
Like, yeah. like whether it be a, uh, let's say what, I don't know what Doge is at. Let's say it's at 30 cents. Like someone will pay you 30 cents for, for that. Sure. Like yeah, for sure. somebody out there will, someone out there will give you 30 cents for exactly. this digital yeah. currency. There's so th- there is a market for it. Yeah. So d- just because it's, it's, it's hard to, to conceptualize for you doesn't mean that it doesn't, the doesn't ecosystem exist. isn't evolving. Yeah. And I'm reminded of it when I'm seeing, you know, Jamie Dimon, Goldman Sachs CEO, all these big time investment firms talking about their wealth management teams having this high level interest uh, in the in the crypto space. And, you know, it's it's only a matter of time before, you know, we're we're not the crazy people anymore. For sure. And I think it's I think that's interesting in the next point, too, is right. Like you personally, obviously, everybody knows on the show we have Matt James here. Right. Bachelor, you have two very distinct paths. Well, probably a lot more other things. I'm sure you do a lot of other things. Talk talk about Bitcoin. Also do reality TV, right? right? So like what kind of, you know, it seems like you've committed very deeply to like wanting to explore this path of crypto and like making it a very big part of whatever you spend a lot of your time doing. Like kind of talk about kind of, you know, the, the options that you see in front of you and kind of where do you think Matt James goes, right? Like you could have very well been like, you know what? I want to get into being an influencer, being an actor, being like into that entertainment industry purely as that. But it seems like you've taken a path a little bit differently than some people might have asked. So like kind of talking about that, like where do you see yourself going? I'll put it like this. I feel like every rapper wants to be uh, (laughs) every rapper wants to be a basketball player, hooper athlete, and every athlete wants to be an artist. Right. So like anyone who thinks that like like I want to be the Paul Tudor Jones, you know, I want to be the Micah Johnson who's creating these NFTs. Like I want to be. I want to be a creator. I want to be an innovator. I want to do things that I'm passionate about. Yeah. And like how that's come across in the past six months is, you know, everything hydroponic farming, yeah. everything around crypto education for our students, because, you know, they're the ones who are going to be adapting and building out the infrastructure that we're talking about exactly. today. And the, the risk that I took on going on this show, yeah. you know, awarded me a lot of opportunities and it brought me a yeah. relationship. It brought me clarity in my personal life. It brought me a lot of things. And uh, one of the big things is opportunity and, and, and doing so it's like, you can pursue the things that you're passionate about. You know, it's like, I think that, I think a lot of people work jobs as a means to an end, you know, it's like when I, when I reach this point, like I'm going to, and, and I was in that position, you know, and I think a lot of people are in that position. And, and I'm telling you when you, that point is going to continue to, to go this way, continue to go that way. Like you're never going to reach that point. You know? I think I think Western world to to your point, like they kind of live to work, and then if you uh, explore some Eastern Eastern culture, sometimes they they work to live. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, like they difference. take more vacations. It's a it's a much different. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, just like thought process. And you said something interesting, which a lot of athletes will agree with in terms of each one to be the flip flop. Well, obviously, you know, for for athletes, like we we love the freedom that we see, right? right like exactly. you can go out to the club and have a million tattoos or do whatever and, and wild stuff. And there's no really repercussion because you're an artist and expressing your exactly. creativity. Right. Yep. Whereas an artist is like, man, I want the real money. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? exactly. Like, hey, this is all funny. Yep. Good. But all I got is a watch. You know right, what I mean? Right. So like it's different. <laughs> and so you take the good with the bad, but it, it was, it was interesting to hear you, hear you talk about how the show provides you clarity, especially in your personal life and things like that. So that's, that's really dope. And with that being said, did you think that was going to be, what you found on the show? Hell no. <laughs> no chance. That's the last thing I thought I was going to find. You know, I went in there. I was like, I went in there first and foremost with an open mind. I'm yeah. like, you have to be open to the idea that 
you could leave there engaged. And I very much was because I wasn't in a relationship and I felt like I was ready for that. And that same mindset going forward is like, I'm open-minded in, in the sense that when I hear new information, my ideals change. And when I'm presented new information yeah. in terms of how to farm, how to be a better person, yeah. what, what the future of money looks like going forward, being open-minded and being a risk taker are things that, you know, have brought me onto this couch with you all, you know, yeah. I try to take that mentality into everything that I do. And when I think about it, how do I take something that I'm passionate about and make it my own? And I keep harping on, harping on the education around the youth and having them understand that when is it that we're at the ground floor of innovation? Yeah. I think of the internet. I think right. of it's, literally it's, once in a lifetime. Very few. And, and if, it, I think it's our, it's our responsibility to bridge that gap, being people of color coming from these neighborhoods, because if we're not going to do it, who's going to do it? You yeah. know, it's not yeah. in their curriculum. And I think being a good steward of this information also means doing your research. You know, yeah. um, a lot of the conversations I have with people about crypto is how environmentally bad it is for the environment. Yeah. And then and then I point them to the Bitcoin Mining Commission and uh, the Bitcoin Mining Council that was put together by Michael Saylor and a bunch of other people yeah. who uh, are, are big Bitcoin maximalists, yeah. I would put it. And they did the research. You know, they looked at the hash power, which is where the, the, the mining energy yeah. is concentrated. And an overwhelming majority of that energy is sustainable. You know, yeah. if it's hydro, if it's solar. Yeah. The, the biggest win, I think, for the... The Bitcoin community was when China decided to put a ban on on yeah. the mining because a lot yeah. of the mining they were doing was using coal and it's inexpensive, but it's yeah. also horrible for the environment. Yeah. Yeah. So it's and just educating yourself. Yeah, you got, and you got to think about, too, like there's so many political agendas, too, like even when it comes to you know, obviously China, right? Like a lot of it is, you know, the way in which you get to a decentralized world from a world where you have full control is yeah. a process, right? right sure. Like that's going to take time. Like people aren't going to embrace overnight. that technology, right? right. So it, I think it's that, too. And then. To your point, right? Like doing your research, right? Like, you know, I think what's, what sucks about crypto at this point in time is that like, you know, there's a lot of people that are, you know, just understand the surface level of it that are viewed as thought leaders because of the previous lives they've had, right? right. Like, just like Spencer has said, right? Like I'm an accredited investor because now I'm, I'm sophisticated because I have money in my bank account because right. I'm right. good at playing basketball, right? right? Like that same aspect, right? Like we have people that are pillars of our society, not to name names, right? But like they're commenting on these things about like, you know, have very big price action, right? Like there's a lot of different reasons why somebody might say that. But, you know, to, to your point, right, doing your research, right, there are other chains out there. Like Bitcoin makes sense, right, as a right. store of value. Does it make sense to build something like what we're building on, like a proof of work protocol? Does that make sense for what we're building? No. Right. right? But like it may make sense for certain things, right, when you're thinking about security and being the, you know, the prime thing, right? Because at the end of the day, it's speed and security, right? right? Like it's a trade-off between the two. Right. Um, and then obviously energy has impact on that. So it's just, you know, to your point, like the research aspect is just critical. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, lastly, cause I, I know we're coming, we're coming tight on time. You said something that I think is a, a great takeaway, right? You talked about an open mind. I think that's something that, you know, when you look at life, new technologies, whether it's farming, crypto, personal life, whatever it is, like having that open mind, having that, that flexibility, doesn't necessarily mean that you're not resolute either. You know what I'm saying? Because we all have like our moral stance and things, but it just allows you to be of, of so much more service to, you know what I'm saying, youth or society in general. Sure. You know what I mean? The more you learn, the more adaptable you are, the more you can be receptive to information, other cultures. I mean, sometimes I, I think we just get stuck in such a silo, right? Sure. That, that we end up not being of service because we're so closed off. But, you know, I think if there's 
I know we kind of geeked out on, on, on crypto the entire time and didn't get into too much other stuff. But yep. if there's one other thing that I think the viewers take away, it's just that, that comment about open mind. I really, really genuinely respected that. And I think that's how young leaders and, and shoot, honestly, even oldies, all, all people in general, colored, not colored, like having an open mind allows you to be in a position to be of service. And at the end of the day, the most impactful thing any of us can do is to truly be of service to, to our fellow, our fellow human right. beings. You know I mean, that's how we all get better. And, and the, the barriers and walls that we want to break down, like the only way it's going to happen is together as cliche and corny and whatever you want to call it as it sounds. But that, that's truly something in, that thought came to me when you said it. So of I course, just, yeah, no, yeah. the open mindedness is like my favorite analogy. I like to, to bring to someone who, you know, is kind of closed off in the ways that they think about things socially, politically, whatever is thinking about a weatherman. At the beginning of the week, the weatherman makes predictions on the weather. And to the best of his knowledge at that time, yeah. he is going to tell you that, you know, based off what I know today, it should rain on Friday. There's a there's a hundred percent chance it's going to rain. Yeah. When he checks that Doppler radar on Thursday and he sees that it's not going to rain on Friday. He's going to tell you. He's going to tell you. Yeah. And, and wouldn't you want him to give you a, 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 an updated analogy on yeah. what he thinks the weather's going to do based on the new information? Or is it going to be like, no. Since I said it was going to rain, it's still going to rain. It's yeah. like, no, you have new information. It's okay to change the way you think about it. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a perfect analogy. That's a, a perfect thing to, I think, uh, end on. And so, you know, with that being said, um, thank you, Matt James, for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. My thank man, you, Matt. I appreciate you. Boss. Thanks, um, always a pleasure. And again, this is, this is New Money brought to you by Coindesk. This is Spencer Dinwiddie, Solo Cisse, and Matt James signing off. Thank you. Thank you.